0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Soundcheck from 60 Minutes With. I'm Tina and I'm going to be talking about an album that quite literally changed my life. It's quite a sweeping statement, isn't it? But actually, this album in several ways really did change the course of my adult life. So today I'm going to be talking about Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime. This is a concept album. Now, oh, we all groan, don't we, when we think of concept albums? Uh, But I actually quite like them. I think probably my favourite album by Kiss is The Elder. Um, I love The Wall. um, And I really love operation mindcrime the cover of it is quite Orwellian which fits in with the story of the concept of the album Uh, it's black and white if you look at it it's it sort of looks like um, a newspaper print of the masses all with their fists raised in the air. Uh, On the front cover of it is uh, a sort of emblem that is the signature of Operation Mindcrime, which sort of looks like a tilted head with its brain exposed and electricity going through it. That's just my interpretation. That bit's in colour. Quite prominent uh, on the front of the album is a very beautiful um, face of, what we can assume is a nun because she has a nun's habit on with her mouth open either crying in ecstasy or shouting. On the back I think is Dr X who looks like he's a lab assistant and also reminds me of a cross Peter Cushion. Uh, This gives me, gave me and still continues to give me now a George Orwell sort of vibe I'm sure a lot of you out there have read um, 1984 but I think George Orwell was the sort of writer who was out of his time um like HG Wells as well uh and this again you know even though it's it's not based in in reality it sort of is the story um the setting could possibly be in the future. Uh, and it concentrates on an anti-hero called Nicky. He's a very angry young man. Don't really know how old he is, probably sort of early 20s. Somehow he gets involved in the Operation Mind Crime organisation. <clears throat> it's not really clear. It seems like he's pulled in by somebody and is introduced to Dr X who knows that he's a drug addict and may or may not be supplying him with some different sort of drug that gets him hooked, that he can only get from Dr. X. Uh, He's disenfranchised. He doesn't really care about anything. He's got no skills and he's a heroin addict and then becomes an addict to whatever Drug Doctor X is supplying them with. Um, again, you know this, even though it sort of has that Orwellian feel to it, that it was written in the past about the future. Uh, that's actually true because you can apply the the themes in this album to what was going on then, to what's going on now. You could listen with fresh ears. Uh, Many of you might, after listening to this, think, ooh, might have a listen to that. And you could apply it to what's going on with President Trump, um, his stance with Russia. Uh, It's all relative, really. What you know is going on in the world, politically and in a military sense, and disenfranchisement of people, Apathy of people who don't feel that their vote can make a difference that's going on. I think that happened in America. It goes on in Europe. It's definitely going on in Britain at the moment. Um, is is a story for all times really, and depending on what's happening at that time, you can apply the storyline to the past things that have happened from the late 80s right through the 90s to the early 2000s, right up till now. It's a bit of an amazing album, really, the way it slots into history. Anyway, I digress. Uh, As I said in my opening, this was an album that changed my life. Um... And it really did change my life because uh, those of you who sort of know a little bit about my background know that I spent several years living in America and it is because of this album uh, and a review that I that I wrote about the live show when Queen's Rife brought this album out. It was a huge hit and... Um, Rock music in Britain, lots of women love rock music, but if at live shows there weren't that many women who would go to them, I'd say, you know, out of say 2,000 people at a rock show, maybe 50 would be women, <laughs> which is quite low, really. Things have changed now. But at the time uh, that I wrote about Operation Mindcrime, which I saw at the Manchester Apollo. I've tried to look what date it was and I can't find it, but it was the late 80s. Uh, I wrote a review of the live show and um, it was noticed these are going, you know, back a long time, way before the internet, where if you wanted to read anything about music, you either had to buy a music publication such as Kerrang! or Metal Hammer! or The Enemy, or whatever. Or um, you were part of the Underground Fanzine Network, which is where I started. And at that point, I was the only woman who wrote about rock music, to my knowledge, that wrote about rock music. So when I did write a few things, people did go, ooh, hang on a minute, that's a woman and uh, somebody read it who owned a record company in America and they actually wrote me a letter (laughs) uh, and asked me if I would consider helping them set up a rock magazine, which was a bit amazing considering I'm just a little Welsh girl from a very small village to get a letter like that. I thought they were totally taking the piss. But one thing led to another and I ended up living in Los Angeles. So thank you, Jeff Tate. (laughs) The show itself, I'd been to so many live shows, so many, and loved them. But there was something about this one live show that blew me away. Um uh, one thing I'm not going to do is talk about Queensryche the band, the changes that it, the band have gone through, how there are different versions of Queensryche. All I am going to talk about is this album. And briefly, the musicianship, um, Jeff Tate on vocals, uh, Chris DeGamo, guitar, Michael Wilton on guitar, Eddie Jackson on bass, and Scott Rockenfield, has to be the best name ever, on drums. Completely blew me away. I've only ever seen Queen's Reich once, that one night. I've seen Jeff Tate a couple of times supporting different bands. And um, as I said, I'm not going to talk about the people or the arguments, but I think Jeff Tate is one of the best singers in rock. I love his voice. It's almost operatic. And I was so very moved by him and knocked out by the musicianship that the review I wrote, which unfortunately I haven't got a copy of because it was an awfully long time ago, um, was very emotional, I think, uh, because I felt emotions watching the show. Um Yes, so as I said, thanks Jeff and the lads for giving me the opportunity to write about you and ending up having a really cool job. So, let us begin with the album. <coughs> Quick cough before I start. Um, concept albums do have odd snippets of talking in them to join songs together. This is no different. Uh, another album that sticks out is Pink Floyd's The Wall, has brief little little segues of talking in it just to make the story gel together. Uh, however, I do think, in my opinion, uh, Operation Mindcrime does have the best linear story where all the bits fit together and make sense. Uh the music in the album is very melodic. I think there isn't a song on the album that, that, um, as you know from my previous uh, podcasts about music, I'm a singer. I don't mean that I am a singer. I mean, I sing whether or not you want me to, if I like a song. This album, I can, I can sing it off pat. <laughs> And even today, you know, 30 odd years later, is it that long? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, I still think it holds up. I think it's timeless. Uh This album starts in a hospital where you hear Nicky say, I remember now. Uh, In the background, you can hear hospital noises, somebody on a tannoy calling out for a doctor to answer the phone. A nurse enters the room and she injects him with some sort of drug that makes him sleepy. Uh, And as she leaves, she says, Sleep tight, you bastard. In an English accent as well, which is quite interesting because everybody else is American. So obviously that nurse is British. Uh, And then a very small... Instrumental um, begins the album setting up a motif which I will get Dave to play now. Hello. Now that do 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 that was the wrong key. Doo, nee, nee, nee. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> Appears throughout most of the songs in some form throughout the album. Almost in uh this album is about brainwashing, uh the media brainwashing you, you drug addiction washing you. Everything around you, politics, people in power brainwash the masses. And this motif, I think, is a constant reminder in each song that you're surrounded by this otherness. Now, this little instrumental segues into the pounding drumbeats of Revolution Calling. It's the first. Proper song in inverted columns on the album. Uh, again, this is an album. On your first couple of listens, I suggest that you do sit down and um, read the lyrics to each song, because although they're quite sweepingly political, they're not. Um, they don't ram it down your throat. They're not saying. Believe in this. Do this. It's more a case of uh, the songwriters, and the songwriters were Jeff Tate, Chris Degarmo, and Michael Wilton. But a lot of them were written either by Degarmo and Wilton, or Tate and Degarmo. Um, I think most of the lyrics were written by Jeff Tate. <clears throat> the one standout lyric in "Revolution Calling" is um, that certainly applies to today with fake news I used to trust the media to tell me the truth to tell us the truth but now I've seen the payoffs and everywhere I look who do you trust when everyone's a crook nice bit of rhyme in there Jeff uh, so this is this song has the most epic drum beat at the beginning of it and goes into like uh, just a classic uh, two-guitared rock song that is every song on the album's pretty epic to me, um, and sets up why Nikki is pulled into this organisation. And again, with the beginning of the next song, which is Operation Mindcrime, it begins with a do 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 motif again, uh, with a driving bass line, all the way through and again you know the musicianship on this album is just outstanding you know they they were totally at the top of their game when they made this album it's incredible Um, with the beginning of operation mindcrime now we get to follow the story a little bit more who dr x is and again you know like i said i'm not going to talk about Queensryche the band you know all the different versions I don't even know how many versions of Queensryche there are at the minute anyway um there are when I decided to do this album I had a quick look online and very quickly stopped because there are several websites explaining the meaning of each song but it appears that um a lot of the explanations come from years later when queen's Reich began to do operation live crime where they took a show on the road which unfortunately i never got to see uh, probably because i had small children at the, that point <laughs> um that w- that was literally a stage show that that was also sort of a play that in the first half they played you know Silent Lucidity and jet city woman a few hits and then did operation mind crime in its, in its entirety and there were actors on stage as well that actually played out the story. Uh so again, this is my interpretation of a seminal album in my life. This is my idea. And my idea is that Dr. X is some mysterious Vengali-like person who possibly could be a religious leader, or a political leader. And he's got this elaborate network of people who work for him, spies, hit men, they all do the dirty work for him and he's never really seen. And, uh, and again, it's never really explained how Nicky gets pulled into this organisation. But personally, I don't think Dr. X himself pulled him in. I think somebody else did with drugs. And then Dr. X notices him during this song, Operation Mindcrime, and persuades him that he is almost Messiah-like because he's addicted to drugs. He can give him those drugs in return for him working for him and killing people. And the, these people that he's killing are for the good of America. And I say America because several times through the album, Jeff Tate sings about America. It's never worldwide. It's just America. Dr. X makes him feel important. And again, this is... a. Uh, the music for Operation Minecrime is catchy. You can sing along to it, which I do, <laughs> much to Dave's annoyance. Dave, by, by the way, can't bear Jeff Tate's voice. So it's been a bit of a hellish experience for him, having to listen to Operation Mindcrime over and over and over. <laughs> Poor Dave. Oh, dear. I think Jeff Tate's got an amazing voice. I think he's a brilliant singer. Uh, Nicky's controlled by his drug addiction and he's also a a narcissist as well. And this is a really interesting song lyrically as well because here we get to get an insight into Nicky himself. Um, His narcissism is boosted by somebody saying to him you've got to join us uh, because we've got so much to do and you've got nothing more to lose so take this number and welcome to Operation Mindcrime. See I have to sing in everyone. Um, there's also a slightly a, a hint that Nikki could be a racist as well Uh, because there's one line is, um, you had a skin job for a hairdo. Now, I don't know uh, if it's the same in America, but over here in Britain, uh, in the sort of 70s and 80s, if you had what we call a skinhead haircut, that normally was an indication that you were a member of like, you know, Britain first, and you didn't particularly like black people. Uh, whether or not that's true for for this particular song or if it's the case in America, I don't know perhaps you could tell me. Um, the other thing about this this song is we first hear <coughs> um, a voice whisper, mind crime, uh, the phone rings picks the phone up and says hello and somebody says mind crime which is well basically uh it is the Manchurian Candidate um now for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about go on IMDB and look up the Manchurian Candidate it's a wonderful film which I reviewed possibly about two years ago I can't remember who released it (laughs) but Frank Sinatra's in it and oh Frank Sinatra and oh my god I've gone completely blank anyway basically it's about a man who gets captured during I think the Korean war well he's he's captured by the Americans even though he's fighting for the Americans and um, he's hypnotized uh, sort of Abused and tortured. That when he sees, uh, I think it's a playing card, something like the Queen of Hearts. When he sees it, something switches on in his head, and he's got to kill somebody. They also did this in Zoolander <laughs> to great effect, as well. So um, whenever Nicky, he is mind crime. It again, it's not clear. <coughs> But in my opinion, when Nicky hears mind crime, something switches on in his brain that makes him go off and kill somebody. It's To me, it's not the code that he hears mind crime and he thinks, oh, I've got to go and kill so-and-so now. He has no choice because he's been brainwashed. Uh, and he's compelled to by Dr. X's instructions. So that's quite a long song, but it totally sets the story up while being a great tune to listen to. Uh next we have a very fast-paced and frantic song called Speak. Now this song is um is is really about Nikki's narcissism. Um he's he's turned into a fanatic. Uh but again, you know, I, I think that this is more to do with his drug addiction than anything, that he's so addicted to drugs that he now thinks he's, he's completely invincible and also off his tits, <laughs> so has no idea what reality is anymore. One of the, one little snippet in one of the verses is uh, I'm the new Messiah I'm a death angel with a gun dangerous in my silence and deadly to my cause so he's got nothing but belief in Dr X and what Dr X is telling him which again we we don't know what that is really we, you can only sort of make it up in your own head you know what you know obviously he's going off killing lots of important people and somehow being not being caught uh, this song again has a cracking drum beat that introduces it and as I said it's you know it's very fast paced it's not thrash though again it's very melodic um, it's now it's with, it's with this song that that the religious inference becomes more prevalent um, and I think the, the religious um, ethos of the whole album, from the cover with, with Mary who is dressed as a nun um, to mentions of priests all the way through, the like the Messiah mention he is the Messiah is Doctor X a messiah as well? I think this is what really attracted me to. besides the, um, besides the the music itself, the content of the lyrics appealed to me greatly because uh, I just find religious stuff very interesting. This stems, of course, from being. Uh, coming from a, a an Irish family, where half my family are Protestant and the other half are Catholic, and I went to a private Catholic school as a small child until I was uh, thirteen, so I was more or less indoctrinated. And I'm not a religious person at all, but find religious iconography incredibly. Uh, I'm just—it's almost like it's a part of me because of my education, to the point of being indoctrinated, really. Um, so, so the story of Operation Mindcrime and the inclusion of religion in it, I do find very pertinent to myself. And if ever you come to my house and need to use the toilet, and see what I've got hanging up on the wall. It's like going into church, going into my toilet. I've got that many pe- pictures of Jesus and Mary hanging up in there. It's great. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> the next song in the album is "Spreading the Disease," and again, you know, uh, this is quite fast-paced, very melodic, massive drum beat, incredible bass underlying it all wonderful two guitars playing off each other and then the lyrics again um further the story because now although mary's been mentioned several times this is mary's story this is about mary tells us that she may have run away from home she may have been sexually abused by her father Um, she's probably into drugs. Uh, This isn't spoken in in the lyrics, you know, Mary was on drugs and her dad raped her. But the the lyrics, which I'm sure, you know, when you buy the album, you'll have a read of, you get the the subtle hint of uh, what was going on in Mary's life, that something happened, she left home and the only way she could live was to become a prostitute to feed her drug addiction. Um, it does tell us though that when she's 18 she's discovered by Father William and Father William helped her by taking her off the streets. Uh, but Father William is like all the other men in her life um, and one line in Spreading the Disease it explains that uh, he takes her once a week on the altar like a sacrifice. Uh, so obviously he's, he's fucking her. Almost in payment for her being saved by him. Is that being saved? Being given you know, a roof over your head so that the priest can fuck you. Hmm. Um, this, th- this is one thing that, that I've always thought about, um, about, about the lyrics in this album as well, that I know the picture on the front of the album depicts her as a nun. And um, again, I believe that in the live shows, she's a nun and he's a priest. But to me when i've listened to the album i uh i to me i don't think that he 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 is a real priest i know perhaps he was perhaps father william was a priest and got chucked out of the catholic church for whatever we all know about a lot of catholic priests don't we um maybe he got thrown out of the church and in fact, where I live, there there is an ex-Catholic priest living five miles away from me now who has a church of his own, who left, was asked to leave the Catholic Church and now has his own little following, which I find quite bizarre that people would want to follow someone who, you know, was asked to leave the Catholic Church for sexual indiscretions. Um, so is. Is Mary a real nun? Because they both work for Dr. X. I don't think that they, he is a real priest. I think he's he was a priest and now works for Dr. X and may have been a, a priest in the past, but now is Dr. X's priest and that Mary may dress like a nun and other people probably see her and think, oh, she's a Catholic nun, but I don't think she is. And the reason I don't think she is, apart from uh, her willingly giving herself to the priest for saving her, is that she's, it's also clear from the lyrics in the album that she's a junkie as well. So that's, that's, that's quite interesting. You know, you know, another take on it, I suppose that, um, you know, maybe they've got their own church sort of looks like they're catholic to make them appear like they're the real thing <clears throat> um another really interesting part of this song is a is a rap well i say a rap it's it's not really a rap it's jeff tate speaking a couple of lines well a couple of paragraphs of lyrics Um, which I'm not going to read out now because it would take too long. Um, And as he's speaking these lyrics, um, please have a look at them because the lyrics, he could have written them yesterday. Literally could have written them yesterday. And you would read them and go, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about there. He's talking about President Assad. Does anything ever really change? I don't think so. This is the proof, really. Um, Scott Rockingfield's drumming on, on this track is bloody brilliant. The drums, again, you know, again, I keep repeating myself over and over that the musicianship on this album is incredible. But the drums, whether or not they mu- they must have purposely boosted them throughout each song because they're very heavy, uh, but not in a fast way. You can tell I'm not a musician. (laughs) Um, They're just really powerful and give an incredible backbone to every song. Well done, Scott. You're a genius. This song is about Mary. It's about her being constantly abused by men in her life until she gets to a point where she goes, yeah, that's what I am. And she gives herself willingly because she can't see any other way. To the point where right at the very, very end of the song, you have the drum beat and somebody whispers over the top of it, sex, sex 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 until it disappears okay so finally after me talking for half an hour about this album you're going to get to hear a song the next song the album is called the mission and to me it's it's sort of a romantic lament where nikki sort of wakes up to what he's doing enjoy
1: Father, for I have sinned. In the wooden chair beside my window, I wear a face born in the falling. Talk to shadows from a lonely candle reciting phrases from the wall I can't explain This holy pain.
0: hope you enjoyed that this is uh, it's a sad song isn't it it's it's almost crying his vocals in it are really um you know passionate and he's now entrenched as dr x's hitman and his addiction i think at this point uh, is at his peak although I also think that he's started to realise that that his life isn't his own. That he might be being controlled by this organisation. That maybe he's not the messiah that he thought he was in the beginning. Maybe what he's doing could be wrong. He isn't feeling a sense of power anymore. He's becoming to well. He's realised that he's almost become dehumanized to the point of he's talking to ghosts the ghosts of people that he's killed and again you know throughout the album you're never clear of how many people he's killed or how he's hidden you know why the police haven't arrested him it's never explained but it doesn't really matter um the only thing he he appears to live for now, and this is where the lament comes into it, is Mary. And it's sort of unclear whether or not it's Mary that he's waiting for, or... What she's bringing with her, the drugs, because Dr. X controls him because he's the only person who can supply the drugs that he needs. And the donkey, the messenger, the bagman is Mary. Mary gives Nicky the drugs. So is Nicky really in love with Mary? Or is he in love with Mary because of what she gives him? This song... I've never I've never really got the beginning of this song because he it starts off with him speaking bless me father for i have sinned then you hear a, him shoot somebody now i i sort of thought that he was shooting father william but he do, it's not father william that he's shooting because he doesn't get the order to kill father william until the beginning of the next song This is, Jeff Tate sings this song really beautifully, I think, Um, the longing in his voice and the melody of the song of itself is, uh, I think is quite beautiful. Um, Wait here for days longer till sister comes to wash my sins away. She is the lady that can ease my sorrow. She sets the pace for the delivery of pain um that is just so catholic <laughs> the you know it conjures up this image of him sitting feeling a bit pissed off suffering from a little bit of withdrawal when this beautiful nun comes in with a bag full of crack <laughs> Um, and I think this fix of drugs is the religious symbol it's become a ritual a religious ritual Uh, and underlining this is that Nicky in the previous songs calls himself a messiah with a gun And now I think he's starting to realise that things are not what they seem. Perhaps he can be a saviour to Mary and save Mary. Um, Another part of the lyrics is, uh, they'll say my mission saved the world and I stood proud. So he obviously thought uh, Dr X has told him that what the people that he's killing The fact that they've gone, Nicky is saving the world through the murders that he's doing. Uh, They'll say my mission saved the world and I stood proud that my mission changed the world and the underground will rise and save this world and we'll all stand proud. Our mission changed the world. We'll change the world. So at this point, even though he's feeling a little bit sad, he sort of still is... Holding on to the fact that even though it's turning to shit, maybe he did some good. Uh, Hmm. (laughs) Now we have the longest song on the album, and this is my favourite song, and is in fact one of my all time favourite rock songs um, on any album a song that even though it's totally part of the narrative uh, and moves the narrative along as well of the album, uh, I just absolutely love this song, Uh, which you will get to hear as the show closes. Um, This begins again with... um, actors talking and this actor who plays the part of dr x is a very famous and i think sadly he's passed away i could be wrong actually i should have checked this before i started to record but this guy is um but but i would imagine that a lot of people who, who aren't older or live in britain have never heard of him but his name's anthony valentine and he was a really big star in britain in the late 70s, early 80s, he was in everything on television, uh, especially a programme called Colditz, I believe. Am I right there, Dave? <laughs> Coldits? I'm pretty sure he was in Colditz. I can remember my dad watching Colditz, And he was a German officer in his Nazi uniform. He looked very handsome in it too. I apologise for my terrible German accent. <laughs> it sort of went a bit Swedish then, didn't it? <laughs> Uh, so this song is called Sweet Sister Mary. Bit of wordplay because it's spelt S-U-I-T-E. So not only is it like the epic sweet, but she is also sweet. Uh, this begins with Anthony Valentine. Um, you can hear cars buzzing about, a car door opens and Anthony Valentine, who is Dr. X says, uh, kill a priest. And Mary too, and Nikki says, "Kill Mary." Uh, and it's the first time you hear it. It's a bit of a shock, really. You think, "Oh shit, he's got kill Mary," um, and then you hear the rainfall. And if you've got it pumped up on your stereo in your living room, <laughs> this is very effective. Um, and this song. It's one of the most catholic songs ever written Ugh, you know forget maria lanza this begins with um verdi's desire requiem uh which i am not going to attempt to sing for you although when i'm actually listening to the album i i do sing it um and it's i i uh how can i explain it to you it's just it's just brilliant Uh, Opera and rock go very, very well together, I think, because they're both like big bombastic epic sort of sounds, aren't they? So hearing sopranos and bass baritones sing the beginning of um, Verdi's Requiem at the beginning of this song is magical. And it segues into this twinkly guitar where he, Nicky, is... Roaming rain soaked streets, knowing that he's got to go and kill the priest and then kill Mary. Um, Nicky's torn. He wants to obey Dr. X, but he also suddenly thinks, hang on a minute, maybe it's not the crack that I love after all. It is Mary. Um, so he goes off and he does kill the priest. <clears throat> and this song has a maybe a two hour gap in it from the orchestration at the beginning to when he goes to find Mary, he describes the scene, it's raining, he goes in, she, her voice, this, uh, an actress, maybe even the lady that sings it, which again, I should have looked up before I, I did this podcast and I forgot, um, but i'm sure that uh, dave will put it in the podcast notes the the woman that sings the part of mary um hasn't got the most incredible voice really but she's she she's got a lot of mojo going on she really you know she's feeling what she's singing and that's what makes it good um so this is <clears throat> a duet between her and Nicky between Mary and Nicky and he's trying to persuade her to leave because Dr X has given the order for her to be killed and she doesn't want to go she just wants him to crank her up She, he, he's pleading with her, begging her come on Mary, let's leave now and she sings bind my arm and feed my mind this is the only peace I've ever known I'll close my eyes and you shoot. And he says, no, Mary, listen, we've got to go. And she just doesn't care anymore. She's given up. It's almost like she wants to die. Uh, he says to her, um, before madness has the final laugh, there's been too much bloodshed and we're being used and fed like rats in experiments. There's no final outcome here. Only blood, only pain, sorry, and fear. (laughs) It's followed us, both our lives. And there's only one thing left to see. Will it be him or will it be me? So in other words, he's saying, let's run away together. I'll go and kill Dr. X and we'll be free. We've both had similar lives. We've both been, you know, abused in some way. Let me take you away from all this and we'll find happiness together. Uh, now this, if you do look sort of Google this album, there's a lot of um, speculation and always has been about whether or not Nikki and Sister Mary are lovers. Have they ever had sex? Because in the middle of this song where uh, where they they're singing together to each other he's trying to persuade her to go she won't go you hear her um cry and moan and um i can remember a long time ago somebody somebody i was talking to about this album said to me oh yeah they're fucking on the altar this is the first time they have sex and they're doing it on the altar. Now, I don't see it as that. I don't think uh, they ever have sex. I think that when you're a drug addict, you don't really give a shit about shagging. The only thing you want to do is is just get drugged up. <laughs> you just want the next high. That's more important than anything. Your family, friends, eating, sex, your children. The only thing that matters is your next high. So I don't think they ever had sex. And I don't think that Mary loves Nicky. I think she just sees him like another punter that somebody she gives drugs to. But he's quite nice to her. And he's never fucked her, so he's okay. I think now Nicky does love her. He can see that she's damaged goods, but he does have feelings for her. i think that his love for her is a form of uh, worship really tying into that catholicism her uh, religion messianic storyline where she is mary magdalene to his jesus sex never comes into play sex isn't necessary because his love for her is purer than that it rises above the physical and to her she i doubt if she even really notices but to him she is literally a goddess on a pedestal and the reason i think that is because of this particular verse um mary my sweet lady of pain, you're always alone. Blind you search for the truth. I see myself in you, parallel lives winding at life's light speed through time. That's such a lovely verse, um and sort of in a sick way is quite romantic. Uh going back to The sex thing, which I think is a big part of this as well, the fact that they, they, I don't think that they do have sex. Her cries, and she probably is lying on an altar, (laughs) I think he's injected her. And those moans of ecstasy aren't him fucking her, but rather her actually hitting that high. And she goes, oh, and then passes out um so the next song after that i mean it is an epic sweet sister mary is just in every sense of the word is an epic song which begins with the requiem and also ends with it and is almost like a pregnant pause at the end as well your expectation of You don't know, even though he says he loves it, is he still going to shoot her? Is he going to shoot her? And he doesn't. But the way it ends is, it's a crescendo, a huge crescendo that just suddenly stops and calms down, almost like a storm. Beautiful song, absolutely love it. Uh, The next song is The Needle Lies um in sweet sister mary nicky says uh there's one more candle left to light and he's referring to his final victim because in a previous song as well is it i think it's the mission he sings about um how he talks to he lights candles and talks to the ghosts around him which sort of makes you think that Candles and ghosts are associated with him. So he's decided that the only way to escape Dr. X is to kill his master and free himself and in return, free Mary as well. So this song is him confronting Dr. X and saying, I've had enough and I want out. Dr. X says, no way. You know, no, it's not going to happen. I won't let you go and... You're also ad- addicted to this drug that I've been giving you. So, you know, I've got you. And he has. There's not a lot that Nikki can do. Now, this could be Nikki roaming through the streets. Um, and he's, he's uh, shaking. He needs the drug. And I don't think he's taken it of Dr. X. He's almost going cold turkey. Uh, and musically this song's one of the heaviest on the album and also has pounding drums drum drugs (laughs) pounding drugs oh i could do with some of them pounding drums that are pretty relentless almost like uh perhaps a headache that's thumping um it's grating and the guitars crunch and it's enclosed the way that Nicky's enclosed. He knows that he's fucked, basically. He can't escape. Somebody's going to kill him. Dr. X is going to kill him. So he goes back to the church. He wants, he's going to drag Mary away, he's going to make her leave. Uh, and then we have uh, an instrumental called Electric Requiem um so Nikki returns to the church to find Mary dead uh, and again lots and lots of uh theories online about who kills Mary does she kill herself um and I I sort of haven't really read them I my own feeling about this is um uh I think in the live crime one, some someone else kills her and you see it as well. Um, it's a long time since I've read about it that I can't remember <laughs> who it is that kills it. It could possibly be Dr. X. Uh, but I always got the feeling from from my own interpretation of listening to this album and going back to, you know, when it first came out, this is, you know, before fan theories and operation live crime, just my own idea is that she overdoses and he, he leaves her to go and kill Dr. X. He comes back, she's overdosed and she's dead. Uh, but again, you know, it's like you can listen to the album yourself and make your own mind up. That's just my opinion. Um, So he sees that she's dead and we then go into Breaking the Silence, which is uh, one of the big singles. There were two really big singles off this album. One's I Don't Believe in Love and the other one is Breaking the Silence. And this is, um, it's got killer guitar riffs in it. This one, it's, it's a proper single you know, even though it's part of the narrative of the album, it it's also a standalone song. Um, Nicky can't cope. He He's running around in a frenzy. Um, he He needs to find some purpose. He can't believe she's dead. He doesn't really... There's no explanation in the lyrics as to how she died. <coughs> um... I suppose it's a look into Nikki's mind at that moment. Um And again, this is one of those songs that's great to sing along with Breaking the Silence of the Night. Can't you hear me call screaming? I can't even remember the I've heard it that many times, it's given me a headache. <laughs> oh, not really. I think you better cut that bit out, Dave, they might sue me. <laughs> oh, um after breaking the silence comes the biggest song off the album which is i don't believe in love um and again this could be taken out of context as well uh but they're not because it's it is like a a real part of the narrative um Ah, there's a there's a the really famous video as well that you can watch on YouTube that's got all the bits of uh, Operation Mindcrime in it as well. Um, you know, like the nun and Doctor X and Jeff Tate with a very weird hairstyle that's sort of like a quiff but not. Yeah, he's got a bit of a full moon face. Jeff Tate, hasn't he? <laughs> and then a really lovely little segue called Waiting for Twenty Two. Have no idea what 22 is uh if any of you know i'm sure there's a few queens experts out there i would be interested to hear what your take on that is but it's basically um the two guitarists playing off each other which is uh it's only a couple of minutes long it's very pretty um then we get um the close of it where uh and this particular song it's only a couple of minutes long and it's more spoken really than than sang uh by jeff tate um reminds me a lot of pink floyd's the wall after the the person in the wall goes bonkers and he's sort of in in a mental institution well At this point, you know, it's obvious that from the beginning of the album that Nicky is in a mental institution and he's in, he's, you know, everything's happened now. He's been arrested, he's in a room and he's, it's more a um, him feeling sorry for himself. Who's going to, who's going to feed me? Who's going to wash my clothes? Who's going to be my friend? Which sort of makes you think, well, oh, you know, if that that's all he's worried about did he really love mary because wouldn't he be singing oh my god she's my one true love and and she's dead and how i don't want to live anymore instead of like oh i'm stuck in this room now and who's going to be my friend now Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the last song on this album is the eyes of a stranger and this is also another big single so there were three big singles not two. Oh, I just said two because I forgot about Eyes of a Stranger, <laughs> which is uh, which is a really great song and again, you know, one of those fist pumping joining at the end um that Nicky is you know, he's been through all this. Just looks at himself in the mirror and doesn't recognize himself. Uh, which is, again, you know, throwback to the Manchurian candidate that he's been brainwashed. Um, but interestingly, one idea, one thing that did strike me about this song, um, and I don't know why I thought it, was... Uh, I wonder if he's had plastic surgery. And the reason he's saying... He looks at himself and it's the eyes of a stranger. Perhaps he's got a different face now. I don't know. Perhaps I'm just reading too much into it. (laughs) But it's a great ending to an album. Uh, The album begins by saying the time, which is six o'clock. And it ends by saying the time, which is one minute past six. So literally the whole album is his thought processes for one minute um which again you know is quite interesting really uh all in all it, this is it's just a cracking album it's a great uh you know if you if you don't really like rock music that much it's i wouldn't exactly say it was a, an easy option um as far as rock albums go I think it you know obviously it was Queensryche's biggest album and I think even to this day Jeff Tate takes it on tour uh, maybe the other Queensryche do as well um, if I saw <clears throat> one of them was well actually if I saw Jeff Tate was doing uh, Operation Mind Crime Live I would love to go and see it and I'm really lament the fact that I never got to see Operation Live Crime because I know I would have uh, I would have really loved it Uh, and again you know going back to the way that it changed my life in the way that the review that I wrote about the live gig at the Manchester Apollo um, set in motion a series of events that ended up with me actually move into America, which is incredible, really, and and quite unreal in a lot of ways. You know, as I'm sitting in in, uh, this small Welsh village now, knowing that (laughs) 25 years ago, I actually lived in Los Angeles, and it was literally through my love of this album, then consequently seeing the live show and being completely blown away by the musicianship uh, and singing of the band and you know Jeff Tate's vocals as well led me to write you know a glowing review of it that got you know noticed by several different people before the internet and ended up with me uh, pissing off and having a whale of a time so so I suppose my next album because I picked uh, seminal albums uh, uh, the first one I did was my, my first album, the first album I, I ever had. This is an album that l- quite literally changed my life. So I need to think now, how am I going to top that? <laughs> Just pick an album that I really like. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> um, so uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, please look for us on Facebook at 60 Minutes With on Twitter, at 60 Minutes With. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Spanky Spangler. If you'd like to follow Steve on Twitter, he's at Solid Air. If you'd like to follow the most fragrant and handsome person in the whole universe, Chris Jellyman, he's at Dastardly Jabby. Uh, So that ends another episode of I Don't Know Why I'm Slurring Sound check. It's because I've talked too much. Thank you for listening. And until next time, here's Queen's Reich singing about nuns.
1: Kill her. That's all you have to do. Kill Mary. She's a risk. And get the priest as well. Like lights as people race to find shelter from the poor Moving silent through the streets, they're mine
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of This Is Shit. I always start off badly, and I'll start again. Sorry, Dave.